When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Some abuse is dangerously obvious, while other types of abuse creep into our family DNA in covert ways. Keeping family secrets, intimidation, the silent treatment, and cyberbullying are just a few examples of the many forms of abuse with troubling outcomes. Often victims ask, why did this happen to me? Or, what can I do? While abusers will excuse their behavior asking, why do you make me do this? Victims and abusers can rewrite their stories, improve their relationships, and break the cycle for their future generations. In Christine Hammond's latest book, Abuse Exposed, you will learn the wide range of types of abuse, both overt and covert, the generational links to abuse, what to do before, during, and after abuse, how to confront your abuser, how to talk to a victim of rape. Finding Forgiveness Despite the Pain, How to Rewrite Your Story and Avoid Future Problems, and much, much more. Look for Christine Hammond's latest book, Abuse Exposed, now available on Amazon. This is Understanding Today's Narcissist. Brought to you in part by PsychCentral.com. And now, here's your host, Christine Hammond. Hi, welcome back to our podcast. And today, I am really excited to be talking with you and sharing with you Lisa and Chris. And I met them through their website called Been There, Got Out. And they have this amazing journey and story that I think would be so much better than me giving you stories. You can actually hear from real life people, their journey and their story and how they got to where they are right now. So I'm going to turn it over to you guys. Lisa, tell us a little bit about your story. Okay, so I'm going to start now and go back a little bit. So Chris is the love of my life and we have been together for over six years And now I'm going to jump back to, oh my gosh, maybe 10 or a little more than 10 years ago. I was working and I was at a house of an older couple who were moving. And I just remembered that, you know, one of them was very sick and frail and the way that they interacted and looked at each other, the love that they had for each other was so intense, even after being together for 50 years. And I went home and cried because I knew or I believed at the time that I would never have anything like that ever. I had been married for about almost 18 years together for 20 to a man I did not realize had been lying to me the entire time um, and had been a covert narcissist. But I just knew that whatever these people had was something I never had, I never would. And I resign myself to it. But that's not what happened. Yeah. I was also in a long-term marriage and currently co-parent with a narcissist. Um, My narcissist was over, very big, you know, flashy center of attention. 
I had no clue what was going on. Lisa and I didn't even figure out what narcissism was. I mean, I knew the word the same way most people use it, which is just somebody who's got a big ego. But about, I would say maybe six months, no, a little bit longer, maybe a year after she left me, which is the, the greatest gift she ever gave me because I was so spun up. I was so, it's like being in a cult. Sometimes yeah, you were caught up in the web. I was caught yeah. up in it and, you know, the whole world revolved around her and I was walking on eggshells, all those things that people do. And the one thing I knew that had a name was projection. I figured mm-hmm. that out 10 years before the relationship ended. And in the flames at the end of the relationship, she called me a narcissist. Mm-hmm. So knowing that she projected, I Googled it and I found like a Wikipedia article or something like that. And I just said, oh my God, like, all of this stuff, all of this behavior, it, first of all, I'm not alone. Right. It has a name. Right. There's a reason for this behavior. And I was just like, oh, my God. Well, Lisa and I had already met. So I told her about it. And she read the article. And I couldn't believe it. So now I'm going to jump back even more 20 whatever years ago when I first got together yeah. with my ex-husband. He seemed like the most quiet excellent listener. Um, On paper, he was amazing. He had this great career. He had real estate. He was very cerebral. He loved to read. I met him actually right after I came back from living in Europe. I had been teaching English for a year in Hungary Mm -hmm. and I moved back and he offered me one of his houses to rent really cheap. And I was just like, this guy is just so nice. And, but I wasn't attracted to him at all. I just thought, you know, oh. I've been backpacking around Europe, like I'm having all my fun. I should probably like grow up and like settle down, come back to the States and like yeah. finally date a man instead of like a man child, which was the type <laughs> of guys that I used to date in the past. Yeah. yeah. So it always to- surprises me, you know, when Lisa, Lisa's such a passion, we're both very passionate people. Mm-hmm. So when she describes her relationship with her ex-husband, I'm like, how did you live without like really like we love each other very, very much, very intensely. And how did she live without that for so long? And it just surprises me. I know, I know. It's so interesting, you know, how Chris and I have really different ex-partners, but the ways that we get together, you know, like yours was super intense and fiery. Mm -hmm. Mine was like a slow... Like I felt like, okay, this, this person is safe and this is like the mature thing to do. And with the, you know, love bombing, which is different in most other relationships, mine was very like the grooming started with him saying, you know, relationships are hard. And he Mm -hmm. sort of positioned himself as this authority and he was seven years older than me. And he was like, Mm -hmm. you know, I know more than you've been bopping around the world. Like I'm the one who will like sort of ground you and be the steady partner. He's going to rescue you. Yeah. Well, not, I didn't need to be rescued, but it was like, I'm going to like help you grow up and I'm going to appreciate you. And of course he mirrored, you know, what I love. Like he was like, I'm so cultured and I'm going to take, you know, even though you just came back from Europe, I know you love traveling. I'm going to take you away on these amazing trips. And I thought, this is what I want, even though again, no real attraction, but like, Mm -hmm. this is the kind of man I should marry someone that I can read next to in bed and, you know, we'll educate our future children and have that stability. And wow, it was not. (laughs) So when did you realize you were like in over your head in that relationship? 
he seemed, I really thought he was like my best friend for most of it. Mm -hmm. So probably not until 20-ish years later. There were red flags, but when I finally got him out and I always believed that no matter what bad behavior he did, he truly loved me and the kids. And he basically walked out of our lives and abandoned the kids. And then his behavior with the divorce, I was astounded. And also discovering that he had had a double life I can't say how I know this, but he had had a double life the entire time he had been soliciting other women during our honeymoon. Everything had been a complete lie. And I again, I didn't know what a narcissist was, but during the divorce process, and again, I learned so much from Chris is when I really realized what I was dealing with. Yeah, we were not, you know, when Lisa and I met, we were not emotionally ready to be in a relationship. If Lisa hadn't gone through what she went through, she would have heard my stuff and been like, I can't deal with it. The baggage, Mm -hmm. you know, of going through a three-year divorce that cost $300,000 for no reason other than she wanted to exert power and control over me, you know, and vice versa. If I just had had a run-of-the-mill divorce and Lisa brought her stuff, it would have been like too much. But because we've both been through it, you know, we've been able to be incredible support for each other. Well, we went through it together. Yeah. Because I had been in my head out of the relationship for over two years and I was planning my exit. So Mm -hmm. I had already emotionally detached from the relationship, was figuring out, you know, what to do regarding the kids and housing and kept my cards really close to my chest. And so by the time I got him out, I was like so done. And so Chris and I actually met just a few weeks later, less than a couple months later. And it was amazing. And I had no idea what I was in for it. And I had no idea that the person I had met was going, was dealing with the same things in different ways than I was. It was, it was like a miracle. Yeah. I was out of my relationship about eight months. I was already in the legal system and all that. So I had a little more, you know, distance or time um, from my actual separation, but you know, the fight, the legal fight was just beginning. It was about custody for me. Lisa's stuff is mostly financial, but mine Mm -hmm. was custody. So tell us a little bit more about what it was like for you, Chris, being married to Because in your case, it's an overt female narcissist, which Mm -hmm. is an interesting combination all by itself. So, so why don't you share with us a little bit like what that was like? It was chaotic. It was, you know, I didn't know what gaslighting was. There was tons of that going on. I, I have this dopey story I tell all the time about how water in our kitchen sink, there was this little strip of formica, like in every kitchen in America, and there would always be water there. And she told me there was something, she used to bash the house we live in. We we lived in the house that I owned before we got married. Okay. And she just constantly ripped it. She was like, you know, how dare I subject her to a life like this? And I love my house. My house is a very nice house. It's not, you know, anything incredible. It's not a mansion, but it's it's a wonderful house. She wanted a castle. But yeah. And she had grown up wealthy. That's part of the story also. But she would say that there was something wrong with the sink. And our house is such a rundown hovel that why is there water leaking on the sink? And it made me crazy. And I went to one of my friends who's very handy around the house. And I said, why is there water here? And he said, you dope. It's just being splashed there. Right. You know, she'd like wash dishes or something and she just wouldn't right. wipe the counter. So it's, I know that's a really silly example, but, and it's, but that stuff happened all the time. But that one, for whatever reason, sticks in my head. That's a great example. And so as you start to figure out what the narcissism looked like, like, what were some of the things that really stand out to you, both of you now, is like key characteristics that you missed along the way? Oh, well, <laughs> can we just say all of them? Because I know we don't have a lot of time. Sure. But 
Well, well, they were textbook, textbook. But the way, you know, like I said, I didn't know what narcissism was until after I was already out, you know, I would say close to a year and all the things. So it played out in the legal system and played out in our co-parenting, you know, where, you know, she would just make these outrageous claims and everything was about, you know, for her, her self-esteem is supported by being perceived as a good mother. Mm. So it's always, you know, there was, um, if you know what Munchausen by proxy is, um, that happened with my younger child. He was, oh, he missed tons of school because of this mysterious stomach ailment he had, always seeing specialist after specialist and all this stuff so that she could be like, oh my gosh, I'm so burdened with this sick child and I'm doing Mm. everything I can to help him. So that's one thing. And then the lies in court, um, you know, try calling me an abuser, all kinds of things. Um, but now that I, you know, once I understood it, I was like, oh, that's that behavior, you know, right. it, it just helped me keep um, a more even keel and know what to expect. And the, yeah. the other thing, and I'm sorry for going on a bit, but um, when I realized that she never loved me in the way that a healthy person means love, mm-hmm. that, that helped me get over it. Cause I was mm-hmm. like, there's nothing to mourn here. The relationship wasn't real. Right. That's, that's a great way of thinking about it. And Lisa, what about you? Like looking back on it now, what are some big things that you missed along the way? Um, I think from the very beginning, one of the themes that he convinced me of was that he was so smart and so misunderstood that he needed, that no one could reach the level of, you know, intelligence that he had, that this is why he was on the computer all the time. Mm-hmm. He needed to feel understood and, and nobody else was capable. So, mm-hmm. um, but that was really an excuse for just constant online affairs. And right. the last time, which was when I was like, I am really done. Um, I, I found out that he had been having some kind of who knows what with who knows who um, overseas who looked to me like a teenage girl. He was in his 50s at the time. And when Ooh. he finally confessed, you know, that it, because I knew that there I just, the details just ridiculous, but um, he was so completely delusional and convinced that this person, he was telling me this person was his soulmate. He was going to move her here, having never met her into one of his father's apartments. And I was just like, uh, wow. what about our two kids? Like, what do you think they're going to think? And that was the thing. Like he was so delusional yeah. and, 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 and I think for so long, I had respected his judgment. You know, he always positioned himself as an authority. And that was the dynamic of our relationship that I was always making, you know, like, well, let's do this. And he was like the calm, rational one. And I thought, I can't believe like this guy is actually out of his mind. And then I started realizing so many things over the years that he had said and done that never made sense. But Mm -hmm. I had accepted him as this authority when he never really earned it, you know? And and that's when I started finally questioning and being like, no, like this is like a crazy person, which helped, but it still, you know, shocked me along the way. But I learned to realize that the delusion didn't limit itself to just this one affair. It was everything. And it has played out in the past seven-ish years in the court system. So, you know, Chris said that his ex feels valuable in terms of how she's perceived as a mother. Mine is the opposite. He doesn't care how he's perceived. His behavior is outrageous. And all he's doing is like destroy, he's destroyed his relationship with our children. You know, years ago, they've been no contact for years. He's just like, I have hundreds of pages of court 
records documenting like terrible behavior. And it's like he's unaware that he keeps making things worse, but he won't give up, mm-hmm. you know, because court is the last thing he has to continue to try to engage with me and exert power and control. So let me just say this, like, I want to kind of wrap it up a little bit. What one piece of advice would you give to somebody who's in a relationship with a narcissist right now? First of all, I think most people who are in the relationship with a narcissist do not realize that they are in that kind of relationship. But if you do realize it, the only piece of advice I would say is you cannot have hope that they are going to change. And also you can't do anything about it. And it's not you. It's right. not you. And you're not alone. Yeah. yeah. I think the thing I'd say, I guess, cause I've got the legal system on my mind is you have to learn about it and you have to adjust your mindset as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't go from not having known what narcissism was to being an expert in a week. Mm-hmm. No, I went, it was a journey and I made a lot of mistakes that have had an impact on things in court and my own, you know, peace of mind, my fears, you know, all that, they had an impact on me because I didn't learn fast enough. Christine, I want to say one thing because now I'm like, ooh, actually, Christine's a therapist who works with these personality disorders. (laughs) Things still change. I shift what I said to more of they can't change unless they want to change. That's correct. They have to want it, which is very rare. Let's make sure we're always clear about that. When a narcissist wants to change, they change big, right? Because they can't ever do anything small. So they change on a really big scale, but they have to really very badly want it and have reasons that are for themselves and outside of external reasons. In other words, court is not a good reason. Children are not enough of a reason. A relationship is not enough of a reason. Those are not enough of a reasons for narcissists. It has to be internal for themselves and then they will change. But it's extraordinarily rare. Right. Because the people that we see, they come to us saying, is there any hope? Now, if you're the one who's trying to hope that it's not now. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. All right. So let's, why don't you share with the audience, like how they can reach you guys. Tell us a little bit about your website and the services that you guys have. Sure. So we originally had a plan to write a book. And then we learned about all the changes in the publishing industry over the past couple of decades. And we said, no, no, no. What we need to do is help people more directly. So we have a series of online workshops. They're all really inexpensive, like $27, $47 in that range for different topics. For Because as you know, it's a long journey from just first realizing what's going on to being out and happy and finding true healthy love on the other side. There's a lot that has to happen. So we try to help people at no matter what stage they're at. We're also getting into the high conflict divorce coaching realm because that's where we can have the biggest impact, you know, on like custody situations, financial situations. So right. been there, got out.com. Wait. Yes. Before you forget. The legal abuse support. Yes. <laughs> I want to talk Yay. about that. My yeah. baby. We just started that like a few weeks ago. This yeah. legal abuse support group for people in situations like me stuck in the family court, superior court, appellate court. For years and years and years, there is no other legal abuse support group out there anywhere that I found. And we've had a lot of people join and I try to offer emotional support as well as guidance from experts who know what they're talking about. Like we have a guest speaker this 
Sunday's group, who is a former guardian ad litem. Mm-hmm. And she talks about, you know, what you need to know when you're dealing with it, because the guardians have a lot of influence on these cases. Actually, every single person so far in this support group is a parent with children and the safety of your children is always like a top, top concern. So um, so everything, all the things we just talked about, you can learn more on beenthere.out.com. In there, got out.com. Thank you so much, Chris and Lisa. It was such a pleasure. Oh, Thank thanks you. for having us, Christine. Thanks for listening to Understanding Today's Narcissist with Christine Hammond. Brought to you in part by psychcentral.com. For more information, visit growwithchristine.com. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.